Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Effective Altruism Forum Weekly. My name is Colin Snell. This episode is for the articles and discussions on the Effective Altruism Forum from the 6th to 12th of March 2023. Thank you so much, as always, to Zoe Williams at Rethink Priorities for writing these amazing summaries. And thank you to Type 3 Audio for uploading them to the RSS feed. And of course, thank you to Rethink Priorities for the general support. And thank you, the audience, for the ongoing viewership and listenership and just overall uh, wonderfulness that you guys are throwing our way on a weekly basis. But we'll go ahead and jump into it uh, real quick before. I just wanted to announce that there is no post on it thus far uh, that made into this week's summaries list. Uh, but GPT-4 was just released by OpenAI, uh, which is exciting and in some ways terrifying. Uh, and of course, uh, I apologize for being a little sick right now. I apologize. But without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the week's summaries. Starting off with the philosophy methodologies section for the week, we have a post by Max Riddell, and it's called Model-Based Policy Analysis Under Deep Uncertainty. In this post, the author explains how policy researchers can support decision-making with simulation models of socio-technical systems, even under deep uncertainty. They first suggest systems modeling. These are things like agent-based models, which can be extremely useful. And some examples here are agent-based modeling, which was used to simulate how different individuals with different characteristics, these are things like age, health status, or social network, might behave during a pandemic or epidemic, and how that would affect spread and the relative effectiveness of different interventions. However, many political decisions have even less certainty. Deep uncertainty is uncertainty on the system model, the probability distributions over inputs to them, and which consequences to consider and their relative importance. In this scenario, computational modeling can be especially helpful to explore the implications of different assumptions about uncertain or contested or even unknowable model parameters and mechanisms. The aim here is to minimize plausible future regret via finding vulnerable scenarios and policy solutions that are both robust and resilient. This is an alternative to just predicting expected effect. In the post, Max also provides several techniques and examples for how to do this. Next, on to the object-level interventions and reuse section for the week. Our first post in this category is Anthropic Core Views on AI Safety, When, Why, What, and How by John Manaster and Anthropic's Core Views on AI Safety by Zach Hatfield-Dodds. This is a link post to Anthropic's post, which discusses why they anticipate rapid AI progress and impacts, how this led them to be concerned about AI safety, and their approach to AI safety research more broadly. There are four main points from this cross-post. First, research on scaling laws demonstrates more computation leads to improvements in capabilities. We can deduce via extrapolation from this that we should expect great leaps in AI capabilities and impact given the existing computational improvements. Second, no one knows how to achieve powerful, helpful, honest, and harmless AI. But rapid AI progress may lead to competitive racing and deployment of untrustworthy systems. This could lead to catastrophic risk from AI systems strategically pursuing dangerous goals or making innocent mistakes in high-stake situations. Third, 
they're most excited about and pursuing research into scaling supervision, mechanistic interpretability, process-oriented learning, understanding and evaluating how AI systems learn and generalize, testing for dangerous failure modes, and societal impacts and evaluations of AI. Fourth, Anthropic's goal is to differentially accelerate safety work and have it cover a wide range of different scenarios. From those where safety challenges turn out to be easy to address to those where they turn out to be very difficult. In the very difficult scenario, they see their role as to sound the alarm and potentially channel collective resources into temporarily halting AI progress. However, they aren't sure what scenario we're in right now, and they hope to uncover this through additional research. The next article is by Otto. It's called Paper Summary. The Effectiveness of AI Existential Risk Communication to the American and Dutch Public. This is a summary of the paper by Alexia Grigius, and it's from the Existential Risk Observatory. The study involves surveying 500 members of the American and Dutch public on the likelihood of human extinction from AI and other causes, before and after showing them specific news articles and videos. There were three key results. First, depending on media used, 26 to 64% participants rated AI higher on a ranked list of events that may cause human extinctions after reading or watching material. This effect may degrade over time, the authors note. Second key takeaway, the CNN video featuring Stephen Hawking that was used for some of the media was shown to be the most effective at increasing the ratings of 26 to 64% participants. This was out of a set of 10 different articles and videos that they tested, and I highly suggest looking at the full list in the article. Third, widespread endorsement of government participation in AI regulation was found among individuals with heightened awareness. These are things like high rankings or ratings of AI risks. Moving on to other existential risks, uh, specifically for nuclear, as well as other multifaceted hazards. We have an article called Global Catastrophic Risks Law Approved in the United States by Jorge Torres C., Jamie Sevilla, Juan Garcia, Monica Uaola, Claudette Salinas, Roberto Tinoco, and Daniela Tiznado. This is a link post to the announcement that the U.S. Global Catastrophic Risk Management Act has been pushed through. The law orders the United States government to establish action for prevention, preparation, and resilience in the face of catastrophic risks, including presenting risk assessments and recommendations to Congress. The recognized risks include global pandemics, nuclear war, asteroid and comet impacts, supervolcanoes, sudden and severe changes in climate, and threats arising from the use and deployment of emerging technologies, such as artificial intelligence and engineered pandemics. On the global health and development front, we have Give Directly's article, Evidence on How Cash Transfers Empower Women in Poverty. Give Directly here shares study results and testimonials from recipients in Mowali on how direct cash empowers them. 62% of Give Directly's recipients are women. Cash transfers have been shown to increase the use of health facilities, improve birth weight and infant mortality, Reduce incidents of physical abuse by a male partner of a woman, increase girls' school attendance, increase a woman's likelihood of being the sole or joint decision maker, increase entrepreneurship, increase savings, and reduce the likelihood of illness. The next article is called How Oral Rehydration Therapy Was Developed by Kelsey Piper. 
This is a link post to an article in Asterisk Magazine discussing why oral rehydration therapy, which is simple and uses widely available ingredients, took until the late 1960s to discover. There are two main reasons here. Without a solid theoretical understanding of a problem, empirical solutions are difficult. People tried many variants with, with important parameters off and didn't know how to correct them. And secondly, the simplicity of today's solution and the availability of the required ingredients is due to continual research and design efforts to get to that point. Improving the world oftentimes is an iterative process. Next, from Ola Zarosa and CE, we have After Launch. How are CE charities progressing? Charity entrepreneurship has helped to kickstart 23 impact-focused nonprofits in four years. They estimate 40% of these reach or exceed the cost-effectiveness of the strongest charities in their fields. The strongest charities in their fields, of course, being GiveWell and Ace Recommended. Their seed network has provided $1.88 million in launch grants to date. After launch, the charities have now collectively fundraised over $22.5 million from other grant makers. This has provided the following impacts, among many other positive impacts. First, there's been 14,000 additional children vaccinated by Savita. Next, around 1.14 million fish and 1.4 million shrimp potentially helped, with potential to reach 2.5 billion shrimp per year. This is from the, the Fish Welfare Initiative and Shrimp Welfare Project. Third, we have 250,000 new contraceptive users from a single campaign. The Family Empowerment Media Project did this. Four, 215,000 children with reduced lead exposure. This is from the Lead Exposure Elimination Project. And fifth, breakthrough papers on subjective well-being. These are from, of course, the Happier Lives Institute. The charity entrepreneurship applications are also currently open as well if you'd like to apply for your own project. Next, we have an article in the Opportunities section called Announcing Open Philanthropy's AI Worldviews Contest by Jason Schulcraft and Peter Favaloro. Open Philanthropy announces the AI Worldviews Contest with the aim to surface novel considerations that could influence their views on AI timelines and AI risk overall. The essays should address one of the following. Either, what is the probability that AGI is developed by January 1st, 2043? or address, conditional on AGI being developed by 2070, what is the probability that humanity will suffer an existential catastrophe due to loss of control over an AGI system? $225,000 in prizes will be distributed across six winning entries. Work posted for the first time on or after September 23rd, 2022, and up until May 21st, 2023, is eligible. See the post for details on eligibility, submission, judging process, and judging criteria. Next, we have EA InfoSec. Skill up in or make a transition to InfoSec via this book club, announced by Jason Clinton and Wim van der Schoot. EA needs more skilled InfoSec folk. EA aligns software engineers interested in becoming security engineering focused or accelerating their ex- ex- existing InfoSec career paths can sign up for the book club in the link in the article's description. It will involve facilitated fortnightly discussions starting April 1st, 2 p.m. PDT by the lead of the Chrome Infrastructure Security Team at Google. They've used the book, which you can get for free, as, as part of successfully transitioning engineers into security previously. 
The next opportunity is Suggested New Charity Ideas for Charity Entrepreneurship by CE and Wheat Quince. In 2023, the Charity Entrepreneurship Program will be researching two new cause areas, mass media interventions and preventative animal advocacy. They're looking for submissions of ideas in these areas, which may lead to a new charity around that idea being launched. In the community and media section for the week, we have an article called 80,000 Hours Two-Year Review 2021-2022 by 80K. This is a link post and summary for 80,000 Hours Review of their programs in 2021 and 2022. They've seen a two to three times higher engagement for 2022 versus 2020 in three out of four main programs. Their podcast listening time, job board vacancy clicks, and the number of one-on-one calls. The fourth web engagement fell 20% in 2021 and rose 38% in 2021 after making marketing investment. The team grew by 78% to 25 full-time employees, and Howie Lempel I mean, excuse me, became the new CEO. 2023 focuses include improving quality of advice, partially via hiring a senior research role, growing the team around 45%, and continuing to support the four main programs in experimenting with new ones such as headhunting and an additional podcast. Next, we have a post by David Nash called More Centralization. EAA is highly decentralized with a small set of organizations and projects with around 50 plus people some with 5 to 20 people, and most with 1 to 2. This means many people lack organizational support, like a manager, colleagues to bounce ideas off of, ops support, and stable income. As a movement, it pushes away people with lower risk tolerance. It leads to duplication of operations and administrative work, and to worse governance overall. The author suggests three improvements. Organizations with good operations and governance support other projects. These are things like what is done by Rethink Priorities Special Projects Program. Programs mainly aimed at giving money to individuals should be converted into internal programs. Things like the Charity Entrepreneurship's Incubation Program or the Research Scholars Program are two examples of this. A top comment by Hockey Hillebrandt also suggests exploring mergers and acquisitions. The next article is by Dina Englander, and it's called Three Basic Steps to Reduce Personal Liability as an Organizational Leader. There are easy steps even small EA orgs should take to substantially reduce personal liability. There's three specifically. Incorporate as an LLC. They're easy and inexpensive to start. Second, get your organization its own bank account. And third, get general liability insurance. For the author, this costs about $1.3,000 per year, but even one lawsuit can really dampen expected value of your project. The next article is called Suggestion, a Workable Romantic Non-Escalation Policy for EA Community Builders by Severin. The Authentic Revolution, which is an organization that runs facilitated experiences like workshops, has a policy that, quote, for three months after a retreat and for one month after an evening event, Facilitators are prohibited from engaging romantically or even hinting at engaging romantically with attendees. The only exception is when a particular attendee and the facilitator already date beforehand. End quote. The author suggests EA community builders should consider something similar and suggests ways of adapting it to different settings. The next article is by Amy LeBenz, Angelina Lee, and Eli Nathan. It's called Racial and Gender Demographics at EA Global in 2022. 
Results from an initial analysis by CEA on how people of different genders and racial backgrounds experienced EAG events in 2022, including EAG Xs. Some of the key results are 33% of attendees, 35% of applicants, and 43% of speakers and MCs self-reported as female or non-binary. 33% of attendees, 38% of applicants, and 28% of speakers and MCs self-reported as people of color. And third, welcomingness and likelihood to recommend survey scores were very similar for women and people of color to overall scores, with a small decline of 0.1 on a 5-point scale for welcomingness for women. The next article is called Share the Burden by Second Richter. In this post, they ask the community to be proactive in addressing sexual misconduct and the dynamics that influence it. So the burden of pushing forward change does not fall on survivors. Often a survivor will engage in a process that hurts them and takes considerable time and effort. There's things like repeated explanations of trauma, arduous justice processes, things of the like, in order to make it less likely the perpetrator does something similar again. The author advocates an alternative of allocating collective effort to creating protective norms, practices, and processes to take care of those affected and encourage the behaviors we want in the future. Input from survivors is still necessary and critical, but ask for it with care and gentleness and spend significant time thinking and acting on what you do here. The next article is by Rockwell. It's called On the First Anniversary of My Best Friend's Death. The author shares reflections on their friend, Alexa's life, who acted on compassion fearlessly and consistently to aid an incredible number of people and animals in their 25-year life. Quote, the challenges that the world faces are vast and frequently overwhelming. The number of lives on the line is hard to count. Sometimes it all feels like a blur, abstract and so very far away. And because of that vastness, we can easily lose track of the magic and power of one life, one person's world. Alexa walked into the vastness, arms outstretched, and said, I can help you, and you, and you. I can't help you all, but I will try, end quote. The next article is called Against EA Community Received Wisdom on Practical Sociological Questions by Michael Cohen. The author argues that there is evidence that aggregating the estimates of many produces a more accurate estimate as the number grows. They suggest this means for most practical sociological questions, you should assume the conventional answer is correct. In practice, this means most proposals for new norms of relating to others, organizational structures, etc. should be rejected out of hand if they a. don't have an airtight first principles argument and b. don't match conventional wisdom. This also means putting weight in existing methods such as peer review, which is highly respected as a method of collaborative truth-seeking and as a mechanism for ensuring we're not falling victims to cognitive biases. They suggest more people should publish in journals versus on the forum. Similarly, they suggest putting more weight on experience, like society at large does. They, they guess that hiring highly experienced staff would have prevented fraud at FTX, as a direct example of how a lack of rejecting EA community-received wisdom on practical sociological questions has actually affected the overall community. For individual EAs, they suggest deferring on technical topics to those with conventional markers of expertise, unless you are yourself an expert, and considering how you can do the most good in conventional professions for changing the world, things like being a professor, politician, or lobbyist. The next article is by 
whistleblower 67 and it's a link post called abuse in less wrong and rationalist communities in bloomberg news it's a link post for an article by bloomberg which discusses reported cases of sexual misconduct and abuse and possible contributing factors in terms of rationality community culture and norms the next article is called nick bolstrom should step down as director of fhi by bolstrom anom account in this the author suggests Nick Bostrom should step down from the director to senior research fellow at FHI due to three primary factors. First, management concerns at FHI. There's a large turnover and a freeze on hiring, as just two examples. Second, a lack of tact in Bostrom's apology for the old email post. And third, the author argues that the effects of the previous two statements have affected the relationships with the university, staff, funders, and collaborators that could impact FHI's overall impact. For the honorable and special mentions, I'll just be reading the titles for this week since this episode's already going long. We have a short post on long-term marketing and why you should consider ROI and ROAS less by James Odin. Next, we have Congressional Internships, Why and How to Apply by U.S. Policy Careers. Next, we have Kyle Smith writing Redirecting Private Foundation Grants to Effective Charities. And last, we have Nuno Sempre writing Winners of the Squiggle Experimentation and 80,000 Hours Quantification Challenges. Congratulations to all those winners, by the way. Well, on this absolute wintry blizzard day here in Ithaca uh, and from a very sick Coleman Snell I want to say thank you very much for listening through uh, and thank you once again to Zoe Williams type 3 audio for getting this up on the RSS feeds and of course to Rethink Priorities and you the listener for all of the wonderful wonderful support thus far Uh, I will see you guys next week and as always remember to stay involved in cultivating your sense of purpose in doing most good possible and to take inspiration from a absolutely brilliant and wonderful young effective ultras who unfortunately uh passed before their time have a bias and do do fearlessly or do despite the fear and rest in peace alexa i will see all of you guys next week